Good evening, church. Good evening, church. Y'all look so good. I'm happy to uh, speak here um, on behalf of the Bronx Ministry. Uh, I've been a disciple for about four and a four and three quarter years. If you want to get specific? Um, and I tell you what, man, if it was not for the folks in the Bronx ministry continually loving me through everything, uh, I don't know where I'd be. So I'm grateful to them. Um, so the title, of, the title of my message is uh, He Dreams Too. Um, we all have dreams, um, but I think sometimes we can forget God's, God's also dreaming for us. Uh, since I was young, I've had big dreams. When I was 13, I wanted to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I saw it envisioned in my mind. Um, didn't pan out, right? Hopefully we can win it with Westchester this year. I'll explain. I'm from the Bronx, but there's a whole situation. Talk to Beam if you want clarification. <laughs> High school. I did a couple talent shows. Um, my teacher, Mr. Urado, said, you know what? Uh, Maybe comedy is something for you. I wanted to be the next Eddie Murphy. That was my goal, right? Shout out to Eddie Murphy, I guess. Um, um, again, didn't pan out. Um, <laughs> it didn't pan out, right? I'm here, I'm making y'all laugh, but I ain't getting no money for it. So, right? <laughs> I like music. I really love music a lot. Um, and I thought that maybe I could become like a rock star. You know what I'm saying? Like Prince. I mean, D'Angelo, like somebody cool like that. Um, I bought a guitar uh, December 31st. I was like, we're going to do this. Returned it January 1st, right? <laughs> I was like, this is hard. There's a lot of strings on it. I don't know how y'all be doing this. It's difficult, right? <laughs> Stick to garage band and all that. Okay. Um, but when I reflect on all of these things, I realized there was a common source to all my dreams. It was wanting to be somebody. It was wanting to be important. Wanting to be loved. You feel me? It wasn't just dreaming the dream. There was a source behind these dreams. Now here's the thing though. My Bible has something to tell me about trying to store up things for yourself and get all these accolades. Um, let's turn to Ecclesiastes 2, uh, verse 7 to 11. Ecclesiastes 2, 7 to 11. Say amen when you're there. So Solomon shares his wisdom. Wisest man in the world, right? And he says, I deny myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. See, the problem was no matter how many people I made laugh or how many fake touchdowns I scored on Madden or, you know, uh, how many music notes I hit in the shower, like, I had a God-shaped hole in my heart that I was trying to fill with things that pass away. But the beautiful thing is there's a solution for that. It's a very beautiful solution. Um, and the answer, quite simply, is Jesus. Now, we know that, but I want to delve into what that means for us in our dreams. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, 
the Apostle Peter, he encourages us with this life-changing news. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So our true purpose, our true dream, if we're really wondering what that is, God says is that we praise him. And in doing so, we bring light to the whole world. God dreams, I hope you understand this, God dreams that we share his love with the entire world. That's what he's dreaming about. So we have these God-given passions. There's nothing wrong with that. They're wonderful. But the question is, how can our passions glorify God? For me, I've realized it's a two-step process. The first thing I have to do is examine my dreams. I have to say, what is the purpose? Is it for myself or is it for others? Is it for God? Right? What is driving my desire to dream? Talk to the people who are in your life who know you best. They can give you insight into your heart. Because sometimes we can do things and, and gain a lot of accolades but realize it's nothing at the end. We didn't further the kingdom not one bit. Then we have to examine God's dreams after we examine our own. God's dreams are perfect. The scriptures tell us this. We learn about seeking and saving the lost, about a hope in the future, about peace that surpasses all understanding. In essence, he dreams about us. He dreams about the human race and the fact that he wants them or us to be redeemed to him. That's his dream. So if we give our dreams to our father, don't you think he can take it from there and he can do immeasurably more than what we, what we conceive of? You know, and this, is, this scripture I'm about to read in Proverbs 23, it's in verse 17 through 18. It, it really, it hits me. Um, and I just want to, I want to see if it resonates with you guys. It says, uh, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a hope, a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Sometimes we can be calloused to how beautiful God is. And the plan that he has for us because of the hurts and disappointments of others. We can say, no more, I'm done, who is God? I've never even been on 86th Street, what are you talking about, right? Like, we can forget all about church. But all the while that we're dealing with our flesh, that we're in our feelings, for us, God is dreaming. We have to look to him and not anything else. We have to trust that his word and his love for every single person on earth is true. That that is a fact, that it's immovable, unquestionable. And we have to trust that his plan for each and every one of us is true. God has given you exactly what you need, the desires you have, the, the, the strengths, the weaknesses, the dreams, the visions for a reason. But if you don't believe that that's purposeful, it's all for naught. You're going to be chasing after the wind. And, and the kingdom will stay where it is. And that's not how God wants it. Now, I'm sure that's not how we want it. Let's, let's again dive into the heart of God. Let's turn to John 10. Uh, verse 9 through 10. This is a scripture I'm sure everybody knows. I want us to just dive into the heart of God for a second. This is God's heart right here. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it to the full. Now, it's through the very passions that we have 
that God wants to bless the earth with a life beyond measure. He talks about life not to the half full, to the full. Everything beyond what we can conceive of. But we have to allow God to dictate our steps. We can't be fearful. We cannot hold back because of what we've been through. We have to trust that he's sovereign and he knows what's best for us as we dream. Can you imagine the people that he will reach? I question, why do I share sometimes? Sometimes I pass people on the street and I'm like, man, I should have shared with that person. And I turn back and I'm like, oh, I look crazy. But it's like, <laughs> sometimes you can feel weird about it. Like you pass somebody in New York, you turn back. Depending on the time of night, too, like, yeah, you ain't turning back nowhere. <laughs> I mean, you just pray for that brother or that sister that they find God and you make it to your crib safely. <laughs> but, but you got to think like the person that's sitting across from you on a train, they don't, if they don't have God, what is going on in their life that they don't have a remedy to? What struggles that they're dealing with? What, what kind of um, difficulties do they have that they just, they're nothing. We have tools. We have each other. We have the Bible. But these people don't have anything to deal with the struggles that they have. And we have it, and we sit and we watch, and we Facebook or whatever we're doing. And we say, now nah, I'm cool. I'll share later. But why do we share? It's because we want to give that same gift of freedom that Christ brings. Think of the hearts God can fill and mend if we extend ourselves, if we allow our dreams to help others. If we allow our dreams to be dictated by God so that they can be a part of the kingdom. Your friends, my friends, your mother, my sister, everybody that is close to you who's without God, right? He wants to heal these people. He wants to give them a new life. That is the dream that God is talking about. And it's not just his, it's really ours as well. We just got to wake up to it. That's all it is. So in closing, we have to remember that we have to trust God with our lives, our hearts and our dreams. Whether you want to be a ball player, whether you want to be a culinary artist, whatever you want to do, you know what I'm saying? Worship team, whatever you're trying to figure out in your life. If you trust him with that piece here, how much more can he do that will last in eternity? Not a platinum album, not a TV show, but in eternity. God will show us the meaning of our dreams and tell us how we should proceed. And as we follow him, he will guide us to a life beyond our wildest dreams. And greatest of all, he will guide all of us, all the people that we share with, to a life redeemed with him forever. To God be the glory. Thank you very much. Hi, good evening, brothers and sisters. My name is Patricia Rodriguez. Rodriguez, yes. If you're having a hard time pronouncing my name, I can help you. Um, so today I'm going to be sharing, I guess, the continuation of what Lamine was sharing. Um, I want to share about how... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to talk to you about my dreams for my career and how God encouraged me to never stop dreaming. Um, for what fulfills me in my career. Um, uh, the title of my uh, team is Never Stop Dreaming. And I want to encourage you to um, encourage you with a scripture, Isaiah 30, 21, that says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Um, I recently discovered uh, that I enjoy interpreting and translation. And just for you, if for the people who don't know what translation and interpretation is, um, is 
you convey the message from one language to the other, that's interpretation. And translation, you uh, change you know, the wording of one language to the other. So I recently discovered that that's what I like to do, but it took me 20 years to discover it. And I could also say that through this process, you know, God had to um, help me to trust him and teach me how to listen to his voice as to what it is that fulfilled my heart. So I became a disciple in my second semester in college. And this, this um, gave me, when I became a disciple, you know, it fulfilled me in levels that nothing else in my life did. But I also um, wanted the same fulfillment in my career. So I started, I saw my mom, I remember my mom when I was two years old, she found her passion, she's a seamstress, and I see her getting lost doing what she loves, you know? And I'm like, I would like to have that in my life. I would like to find that type of passion. So I took a, I, I took a lot of risk, you know, and I learned um, by trial and error what I believe now is my dream job. I can give you a list of the many things that I have tried. I have worked in a bakery as a cashier. I obtained my BA in computer science. I was a salesperson selling parts of cars. I was a secretary in a boys' recording company. I babysat. I worked as a teacher. I volunteer helping people fill out um, immigration documents. Um, I interpret in the court. I have translated documents. I have obtained a paralegal certificate. And I'm currently working as a paralegal. Yeah, I know. And um, I'm working as a paralegal, and um, uh, God is, is putting more in my heart, you know, to go after maybe three more uh, certificates that have to do with interpretation and translation. So over the years, you know, I have taken a lot of risk and I have pushed um, my fears. There's a lot of fears, you know, that I have to go through and overcome. So um, I'm still learning to trust God to guide me and all the jobs that I have got, you know, God had um, make it very clear that that's what he wanted me to do. I remember that I went to an interview and um, they never called me back. It took three years when they called me back, and out of the blue, you know, they're like, are you interested in a position um, as a secretary working with an attorney? And I went to the interview, and I asked uh, my boss, I said to him, what make you call me after three years? Who, who does that, you know? <laughs> and he, he said to me something that really made me understand that it was God telling me, this is where I want you. He said, I pray, and the minute I finished praying, I opened a drawer and your resume was there. Wow. Yeah. So, and all my jobs have been like that, all of them. So that's how I know God has been guiding me through all this process. So, um, you know, I recently I've been studying out fear, and I'm, I learned, it was shocking, um, I learned that it, it's not a problem to have fear, but it's, the problem is when you let it paralyze you, because that, that, that's 
for me, and now I'm learning that if it's paralyzing me, that means that I'm not trusting God. And I battle with my fear all the time. However, I have to learn to invite my fear to walk with me. So I don't, I don't stop, you know, I still, I'm fearful now. <laughs> but God tells me, go and do it. And so either I give in to my fear and I stay paralyzed, or I obey God, you know, and let him do what he needs to do in my life. So, um, let me see. Um, I remember God, you know, called me to do translations uh, as a full-time job like three years ago. And the fear that I might fail, that I will not sus- it will not sustain me economically, made me run back to what, I was, what it was safe. So I did not take that risk. And then um, I, I'm working as a paralegal. It, it didn't brought me fulfill, fulfillment. I'm, I'm still working on it, but um, on this field. But it's, I'm, I'm not complete. I'm not fulfilled. So um, God brought it back again um, and put it in my heart to, to dream and pursue the translation and interpretation as a career. So I needed to be certified by, by a specific organization in order for if people um, look me up, you know, they, they could see that I'm a certified interpreter. Uh, otherwise, they will completely reject my, my work. So God specifically wanted me to ask my current boss to get a part-time. So I said, I'm going to work a part-time, and then I'm going to focus on doing, you know, studying and getting that certificate. And... I look for a lot, a lot of part-times, I know it sounds crazy, I look for a lot of part-times and I got rejected every time. So God was saying, I want you to ask your boss specifically, and I was fearful because I was like, I'm the only part-time, I'm the only full-time employee in that, in that business, I'm the only employee in that business. How is she going to say yes, you know, because it's going to affect her business. Um, I have to pray a lot and I have to ask for a lot of advice, but after a month, you know, I got the courage to go ahead and ask her. And to my surprise, she said yes right away. And and then again, you know, this is God saying, go for for what I already gave you in your heart. Um, And then I prepare myself. I say for six months of rent, just in case. And I started working part-time at the beginning of 2018. Got right away open doors so I could do an internship in the court. And um, not only that, but I can brag to say that God loves me a lot. He opened an opportunity that is given every four years. So you can do uh, a test as an interpreter. And he cut down two years so I could take it. And so I, uh, I took the first exam, I passed, I took the second one, I'm w- and I'm waiting, I'm still waiting for the results. But while I'm still waiting, God is saying me, is telling me, open your business. And um, I've been searching and I've been learning a lot about what it takes to, to have a business. You guys can pray for me because that's, that's definitely another step that I'm still working on. Um, but what is also encouraging is that God is using this talent for his kingdom. I'm able to interpret um, English to Spanish to our, our brothers and sisters in the bronze ministry. 
so God gets the glory too. So I want to encourage you. It took me 20 years to find my dream job, you know, and to find the job that really fulfills me and to find the job that really is, has a, a deeper purpose for me. So I want to encourage you to never stop dreaming that God can give you the desires of your heart. Wow. Um, I'm just going to build on what Patricia said, and this has really been, it's really been great. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm excited to be here, but I am a little nervous. Uh, my name is Elaine Watson, and I'm 72 years young. I've been... I've been... I've been a disciple of, of Jesus Christ since uh, July 26, 1992. I'm very bad at history, but I remember that date. Um, all this information is, I'm sharing it because it's about, my message is about inspired to dream, dreaming for God in my mature age. Um, the scripture that I want to read is in Joshua 14, 10 to 12a. It says, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So, I, so here I am today, 85 years old, not quite. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Um, this is Caleb speaking, and um, he's, he's like one of my heroes. I remember in elementary school, um, I dreamt of being a Navy nurse. Don't ask me why, I have no idea. But I remember very distinctly, I think I was in sixth grade, and something said, I think it must have been a commercial on television or something. Um, and I liked that they were called waves. But then I realized that I can't swim. Not that that has anything to do with anything. So then I said, well, maybe I'll, I dreamt about being a nurse and the, in, a, in a hospital. And I did that because I liked the white uniforms and they used to have to wear white stockings and white shoes. And they used to wear these little hats. You guys might not remember. And they always had like a watch pinned over here or they had the Timex, that silver bracelet Timex that fascinated me. Well. Uh, by junior high school, I was in a special art class, and I then decided that I dreamt of being an artist. And um, then I read Vincent Van Gogh's Life. <laughs> there was no money, and there was no food. So then I said, okay, well, now I'll be a fashion designer, because there was money and there was food. <laughs> So that was another dream. Um, well, I just, um, it was really funny because I just wanted to let you know about a little of my early dreams. Um, I didn't become a nurse, but I did learn how to swim at the age of 35. I found out about buoyancy. Um, I did get to use my love of uh, dabbling with art by working many years in the children's ministry until they came up with the curriculum where you can't use your art. Um, then I had to ask my question, a question, do I dream now? 
Does the Holy Spirit speak to me through dreams like he, like he does through others? Like in Joseph, Genesis, uh, thir- the first scripture we started with. I took this scripture and asked myself, what are dreams? And I, the dreams are defined as a series of visions that happen during sleep or an idea, something that you have wanted very much to do or be for a long time. For me, it sounds like dreams are possibilities. I realized several years ago at a conference in St. Louis that I was not dreaming for God, for God's church. I was waiting to be served. I realized that I could have helped turn a disappointing event around by just doing something simple as an icebreaker, very simple icebreakers that all of us know. But I didn't do that. I was self-absorbed. I saw nothing and I became part of the problem. I had stopped dreaming. Um, Later, after much prayer and conversation, because I definitely had to talk to people, um, I I began to dream about how I could help and what I could do at my age. The Bible reminded me of Caleb's zeal in Joshua 14, 10 to 12a, to do great things through God's power. I came back from the conference looking to see how I could help, encourage the singles, especially the mature singles. I prayed a lot, I talked a lot, and I became a member of the tip teams, the the Bronx and New York. The chance to serve to help God's church has been a chance for me to grow out of my shyness, to learn what it means to work well with others, to be unified and to have a learner's heart. I've even took a couple of stabs at creating flyers. (laughs) Because the artist is still in there straining to come out. Um, uh, As a result, I've met like-minded brothers and sisters from other regions who this spring and summer will be planning some events where we can have extended times of fellowship. Um, I do have personal dreams. Um, and I have accomplished some of these dreams. Um, I, I owned my first car at the age of 35. I, what, at the age, I own, owning a car was one of my dreams, and I own a car with all the headaches that go with the car. Um, at the age of 35, as I mentioned before, I learned how to swim. At the age of 50, I did snow, snow tubing. Um, I won't get on the skis, but I will slide down a hill on a tube. It makes no sense. In my early 60s, I walked underwater. There's something called sea trekking, where you walk underwater with a a helmet on and the air is up here, but you're down under deep and you're carousing with the fishes. Um, In my late 60s, I parasailed, horseback riding, and zip lining. In my 70s, I've swam with the dolphins, the nurse sharks, stingrays, and I learned how to fish. There's a great uh, fishing brotherhood in Brooklyn, so definitely there's disciples doing a lot of great and fun things, and we meet people along the way. At the age of 70, along with another sister here, I went skydiving. After, after Senior Bush went skydiving, I put that on my bucket list, and I was able to accomplish it. 
Um, I still have some spiritual and personal dreams. I would like to speak at a Women's Day, which is very scary. I would like my son to become a disciple in my lifetime. Um, I'd like to ride in a hot air balloon, learn how to play guitar and keyboard, learn how to ride a bike finally, cross-country skiing, drive Route 66, and have tea in London. <laughs> what I have learned that at any age, my righteous dreams are not impossible. I also, it also helps me to speak out about my dreams, to talk to people, and to not be afraid to speak out because the thief is the only one that doesn't want me to speak. Many of the dreams God has allowed me to, to, allow to come true is because he helped me to meet like-minded brothers and sisters. Please pray that I will continue to dream for God in my mature age and that I will listen to the shepherd and not the thief. Good evening, singles. Uh, my name is Sean Murray. I'm from the Bronx, as you know. Um, well, let me just give you a brief introduction about myself. Um, I've been a disciple for almost 30 years. Um, July 23rd be 30 years. I was converted in Manhattan, grew up in Manhattan. Um, I'm 56. I'll be 57 in a month. Still hooping. Um, and so, I'm a single dad. I just recently went through a separation and divorce over the last five years. I have two amazing sons who I'm dreaming for will become disciples. Uh, 21 and going to be 18. Daniel and Samuel, a lot of you guys know them. And, um, yeah, so I'm dreaming for them. So, I'm sorry, I'm on this technology thing. <laughs> So, let me continue. So, um, so I shared about the, my divorce and so on and so forth. So, God put on my heart a couple of years ago to move back to the Bronx ministry. And one of the things that, that he put on my heart was the singles. Uh, I was talking to a brother. I would go down there, play ball, and Paris said he's leaving. And so God put on my heart to move back and work with the singles. Now, God has a whole other plan, but he, he, he used that to get me there. And so I'm just holding on and, and just experiencing the ride. So it's been great. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and so last year I started, um, started praying uh, just about a number of different things. God put a, a number of th different things on my heart. Uh, the scripture that I'm going to be reading from in Ephesians, um, in Ephesians chapter 20. And the title of my message is Daring to Dream for God. You know, it's easy to stop dreaming once you experience some disappointment, some discouragement, uh, taste a little dirt. Anybody can relate out there? All right. It's, it's easy to stop dreaming. But God is daring us. And this, in this scripture, it says in Ephesians 3, verse 20, this is where I get the title of my message. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I like this version. An Amplified version says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, 
infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, this scripture, Paul is, is saying, I believe God is daring us to dream. He said, whatever your imagination, whatever your prayers, whatever your dreams are, I can do more. I can do abundantly, super abundantly more. So if you have a wild imagination, God says, I can, I can do more than that. Hold on. He's going to blow your mind. You know, I'm not sure where you're at tonight. I'm not sure if you're dreaming for God. If you had a dream, you know God knows. My prayer, my goal is that you leave here encouraged to dream. Encouraged to dream again. Encouraged to find a dream if you don't have one. You know, in Ephesians 14, a little bit before this, this is what helped me as I was going through a separation divorce. I believe this scripture here, and Paul wants us to learn a couple of things. If we can grasp this, I think we'll leave here excited to dream for God again. In verse 14, it says, For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, you may, sorry, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Excuse me. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul is writing the church. He's writing a church he's never met. So imagine he's talking to us here tonight. He says, let's see if we can learn a couple of things. So the first thing Paul says, he says, I kneel. First thing we need to do about our dreams, we need to be praying about this. We pray about things that are important. We pray about our dreams. We pray about our fears. We pray about whatever it is. We pray about our family. I'm praying about my boys. They drive me crazy, but I'm praying about them. And God says he can do immeasurably more. And I'm asking. What are we praying about? We pray about God's will. Second thing, it says he may strengthen you through his power. We have his spirit. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, right? But a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Really encouraging to hear all the things that God is doing. I didn't read the definition. I forgot. I skipped the definition. The definition to dare, it says, I'm sorry, I've got to back it up. It says to have necessary courage or boldness for something, i.e. the subject matter we're talking about. Okay, we're going to need courage. When I'm not praying about something, either I'm being faithless or I'm fearful. I'm not trusting God. So if I'm not praying about these things, then I'm fearful. Something's wrong. Or I'm afraid God's going to answer. And that means I'm going to have to change something. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have, I see a problem. Now I got to, I got to do something about it. So a lot of times we're like, no, I don't want, no. Because we know God's going to answer that prayer. Lord, change me. Lord, show me my sin. Boom. We see it, right? He works real fast when we pray that. You know, so sometimes we're afraid. We're afraid. But God's given us a spirit. The third thing 
It says, he prays that we grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Not just the knowledge, we know that. But to grasp it, to get it, to experience it. And I can say, going through what I've been through, and you guys have seen me, a lot of you have seen me go through my stages. But God has taught me so much through it, through my journey. It's taught me to empathize. It's taught me to relate to people. See people that I've never seen in the church before. Oh, how's that brother whose, sister, whose wife's not coming to church? And, and, and it's just taught me so much. It's taught me to grow. It's taught me to be grateful. God wants to use all those things for Him. Maybe that's part of the dream. Maybe we're not ready. And He's trying to change us. So He lets us go through things. You know, God has amazing things for us. You know... <clears throat> My question is, what has God put on your heart? What is prompting you? What is God prompting you? I want to close out with, with this scripture. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. It says, I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the, the valley, valley gate, through the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the wall of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on, <clears throat> excuse me, toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the, up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing because as yet I had not said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or the officials or any others who would be doing the work. <clears throat> then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruin and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the, the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us, re let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But Sam Ballot, the Horonite, and all those other people, the knuckleheads, <laughs> mocked and ridiculed us. What is, it, what is it you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants. will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim in his historic right to it. Uh, <clears throat> builders of the wall uh, and we'll stop right there you know once you start dreaming once you have courage there's going to be opposition Satan is not going to be happy but he says that God's going to give them success he told them all that God has done for them he set everything up he opened doors when, you, when it's God's dream and his plan doors will open up and you will know it'll be very very clear so I want to encourage you I pray that you leave here with a dream or encourage if not pray Fast. Do whatever you have to do. But God wants to do more than we can ask or imagine. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.